It's the next level. 70 million years ago, the creatures known as dinosaurs mysteriously disappeared from the planet Earth. It was thought that they would never be seen again. But in the year 2000, the people of Earth were amazed and terrified by the greatest catastrophe ever known to mankind. The reappearance of the dinosaurs. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. following movie contains material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. So a while back, a website, Complex.com, did a piece. Uh, it was about, like, the best bad movies of all time. A lot of the titles that were in the list, you know, I was familiar with them. Uh, okay, so, so Big Trouble in Little China. What? Um... I don't know how that's a, a best bad movie, but whatever. Um, but Maximum Overdrive was on the list. Over the Top, Masters of the Universe, Howard the Duck, Spookies, <laughs> go figure, uh, Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo, Catwoman, uh, Catwoman. Um, I don't even know how Catwoman is considered like a best of anything, really. Um, but that's just my opinion. I don't know. I was reading the article, though. Uh, I actually... Um, because of the movie that I'm reviewing this week, I went back to the article. I'd read it a long time ago. And anyways, I was laughing at like many of the titles, you know, knowing I've seen most of them. Uh, in many cases, I've enjoyed the hell out of them too. But then I sat down, you know, to take in this week's uh, Schlockfest. And I find myself at first asking, like, how in the world did this movie not make the list? I mean, that answer and more to the questions you would never ask anyway are coming to you, barely alive and bleeding from the eyes, from the Next Level Network of Podcasts and Studio Zero. In the near future, it's discovered that the dinosaurs did not die off, but instead live near the center of the Earth. And they are now taking over this week's presentation of what, what lurks, lurks behind, behind Podcast Zero? Zero? And I am your host, Prehistoric Paul. Um, and not because I'm an old fart. Uh, well, I, I am, but it's more like uh, I'm trying to stay in within the theme of this week's episode. Episode 65. And yeah, so today's review of the week. Oh, she's a beaut, Clark. Oh, she's a beaut. I am... Hmm. Best way to describe it is kind of like a direct-to-video kind of beauty um, from 1982. Direct-to-video in 1982, back when VHS was just on the boom. It was it was big. It was proud. 
And if you're a fan of Ultraman or Godzilla, Godzilla, you know, you, you'll probably love this movie, maybe. Um, throw in some prized acting from some animated characters, and you have Attack, Attack of the Super, Super Monsters. Monsters. A true experience, an epic what the fuck of all sorts. This is what making movies is all about. This is actually what VHS is all about. Uh, right up there with like the wood chipper ma- massacre, massacre, massacre. It's a, it, the wood chip, the wood chipper massacre. God, try saying that three fucking times straight. I can't even talk right now. It, I get all flustered thinking about the wood chipper massacre because it's a massacre, uh, massacre. You know that's a cool name for a podcast actually. But anyways, um, I don't know. Maybe there's a movie called Zombie Sluts from Planet Motherfucker. And I'm not even sure that exists, but if it does or it doesn't, hey, someone should make that shit come to fruition, man. Like, shot on VHS video, you know, do it old school, do it with vintage retro schlock, you know, dig out an old video camcorder and make zombie sluts from Planet Motherfucker. Make it rule the galaxy or the porn market, whatever floats your boat. We all float down there, you know. I'm not even making any sense. Um, not like I ever do make sense, but who's keeping score, right? Movies I've watched recently. Uh, let's talk about something that I do know what I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah. So, I've been on... I don't know. I'm on vacation uh, from my uh, crappy shit job that I never want to talk about. But, yeah, I'm on vacation from that motherfucker. So, I've been watching like a lot of VHS tapes because, seriously... It's kind of funny, like, I I love, like, you know, don't get me wrong, I, and I've said this before, I, the internet, I have, like, a love-hate thing with it and whatnot, and Wi-Fi and, you know, technology and all that shit. Netflix is great, Shutter is great, but nothing beats, like, being able to watch a movie and not having to have a Wi-Fi connection to it. So, like, <laughs> that's where VHS and DVD and even Blu-ray still, like, kind of, like, you know, take the, take the cake because you don't need to be hooked up to the internet, you know? If your Wi-Fi goes down, it's not like, oh my god, I'm stuck on this one screen. No, it just keeps playing. Um, and VHS tapes, like, a lot, a lot of people will tell you they're, you know, they're fragile and shit like that. Fuck that, man. You can, like, drop those things and they still keep playing. But anyways, so recently I watched, like, movies like Firewalker. I don't know how many of you are familiar with that one, but it's like a Chuck Norris and Louis Gossett Jr. film. Um... It's like all action, martial arts, and a lot of funny shit, like shtick in it and whatnot. And I don't know, it's a fun movie. Good classic 80s flick. Total Recall with Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I watched that one. I like that one. It's a good one. Um, Very cyberpunk. Never realized that, you know? Like how, like, it's it really... I mean, it takes place on Mars and whatnot, but... So did Armitage 3. And, uh, anyways, uh, what else did I watch? Black Rain with Michael Douglas. Oh, that's such a good fucking movie, too. Um, I also watched When a Stranger Calls. And I'm talking the OG shit, like the original 1979 one. Not that watered-down remake that came out and... Fuck, I don't even care. Uh, <laughs> you know, like... And it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Like, when I was watching When a Stranger Calls, like, you know... When I was younger and watched it... I didn't remember it feeling so drawn out. They really, um, I see it written on the internet a lot where people say they should have kept it to a 20 minute short film. Um, yeah, because that opening 20 minutes is perfect on its own. Um, kind of, it, it makes it 
kind of makes me laugh too. Like when I was younger, like I remember seeing this for the first time. It was kind of funny because like I was, oh, fuck, how old was I? Maybe 13, 14 when I saw this for the first time. And I'm not going to lie, I had a bit of a crush on Carol Kane. Um, I don't know. I always thought she was cute in her own way. Like absolutely loved her in Transylvania 65000. Uh, I loved Gina Davis in that too. I wonder why. Um, but enough of all that shit. Enough of all and fuck. You know, I need to just fly into the review, right? Um, fly like a pterodactyl. In with the theme. Um, yeah, so time for a quick break. We're going to do that quick timeout trip. Uh, and then when we come back, a shared podcast experience that is sure to have you questioning just what the fuck I had in mind reviewing this uh, 83-minute collection of moving pictures, um, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, yeah. Attack of the Super Monsters. Oh, it's super all right. Um, <laughs> Back in a snap, kids. probably noticed no trailer it was a timeout of sorts but it was not a trailer timeout the reason for that is there is no trailer for this there's no trailer for attack of the super monsters uh there's a reason for that but uh and no it's not because of low budget although you would think um but uh yeah so that's an opening theme song i'll explain more of that in a bit um i'm also going to quickly preface this So, as we all know, I'm a moron who normally cannot pronounce strange and exotic names. And I struggle with... Fuck, I struggle with Canadian and, you know, U.S. names, let alone Japanese, Italian, German. So anyways, the the thing is, is that this is a Japanese program originally. There are Japanese names attached to this. If anyone is listening to this of Japanese descent, I am offering you my fullest apologies now because I'm going to try this, but this is not going to work out well. (laughs) I have already re-recorded this section at least four times. Probably lost my shit. I should have left that all in. You guys would have laughed your ass off because I'm very vulgar and angry with myself 
over stupid shit like this, but I really wish I could pronounce names better. I just can't. But we're going to try, okay? So that's my preface for this. It's time to now move on to our review of the week, which is Attack Attack of the the Super Super Monsters, Monsters, which was released in 1982 on VHS Home Video in North America. No theatrical release, guys. No, it was just straight to VHS. And in Japan, I believe the release on this said title was like 1977, I think. Anyways, the directors, there's two directors for Attack of the Super Monsters. Toru Sotoyama, who was also responsible for a TV series known as The Iron King. And Tom Weiner. More on Tom in a bit, because his name comes up more than once in this. Uh, Produced by Mark Cohen, Sidney L. Kaplan, and Akira Tsuburaya. And Akira Tsuburaya was also responsible for another big cheese fest known as Return of the Dinosaurs. And I do have a copy of that one as well. Um, Haven't watched it yet. After watching this one, I knew I needed a break. (laughs) There's a reason for that. Um, So, written by Hiroyasu Yamayura and Tom Weiner, again. Uh, Special effects by Shohei Toho. And the music by Toshiaki Tsushima and Robert Walsh and Seishi Yokoyama. So far, so good, guys. Let's hope I can keep this up. You'll notice that I'm going through this very quickly. Um, This is not a typical movie, per se. Uh, There's very little casting crew, um, and there's a reason for that. Your starring cast is primarily voice actors. Tom Weiner. Tom Weiner is your narrator. He also plays the character Tarok. Now, he is a big voice actor. Uh, He was um, the voice of the puppet master in Ghost in the Shell. The 1995 movie, he was in that. Also, the Street Fighter animated series, or anime, um, he was Bison. Uh, He was also the voice of Sid the Dummy in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There was that one episode where... uh, there was like the ventriloquist doll. I forget the name of the episode, which is horrible on my part. But um, anyways, Tom Weiner was the voice of Sid. Uh, he was also in the series X, uh, Sakura Wars, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Neo Tokyo, Robot, Robot Carnival, and Armitage 3 Dual Matrix. Um, again, huge name. Huge name in voice acting especially with Japanese anime like the English translate the English dubs whatnot uh, the next name Dan Warren same idea uh, he plays Jim Starbuck in this um, and again at 259 credits to his name like the, these guys they, they are constantly busy I, Tom Weiner I didn't even get tracked but I think it was like in the 300s for credits to his name um, Dan Warren Dan Warren had Ghost in the Shell standalone complex to his name, and that was a big one. 
Armitage 3 Polymatrix, um, which was the the OVA that came out before Dual Matrix. Uh, he was in Robotech. He was in Devil Man. He was in the uh, the series The Batman, um, the one that came out around the time that Batman Begins and The Dark Knight were out and all that. Uh, he was in Bleach. He was in Marvel vs. Capcom. That's just to name a few. Uh, Robin Levinson. She plays Jem Starbuck and Anna. They're both key characters in this. Um, she was also in a TV movie, Tomb of Dracula. She was in this. She was in Macross, Booby Trap, and Robotech. Now, Cam Clark. Cam Clark plays Wally in this. And 401 acting credits. And granted, voice acting, but that's a lot of fucking work. The coolest part is, is he was most notably known for being the voice of Kaneda in the 1988 anime gem, Akira. Um, Akira, by the way, uh, side note, um, doesn't look like we're getting that live action movie anytime soon. Uh, The director there, um, what's his name? Teika Wakiti, I think. Wakiti. Again, horrible with names. I apologize. But anyways... He was supposed to uh, do the Akira live-action version, uh, live-action adaptation, and then he took on the new Thor movie. Now he's apparently tied to a Star Wars movie after that, so Akira doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. This is probably for the better. Anyways, Cam Clark was also the voice of Leonardo and Rocksteady in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1987 um, cartoons. Moving on to Mike Reynolds as Tyrannos and Astaroth. Uh, basically, two of our villains in this movie. Um, <laughs> he was also known for work on Ghost in the Shell, the standalone complex series, Armitage 3, and he was Nezu in Akira. So those are like three like really big uh, anime um, productions whatnot. So... Finally, we move on to Joe Perry. And no, we are not talking about the guitarist from Aerosmith. He plays Jerry and Dr. Carmody in this attack of the super monsters. He was also in a TV movie, Monster of Frankenstein, in 1981. He was in this. And he was also in Ultraman 2, which I should say Ultraman 2 is actually known as the further adventures of Ultraman. Um, The movie is not rated. The runtime is 83 minutes. There's no budget. No gross profits, and I'm pretty sure that no budget meant they spent nothing on this. Um, at least that's the way it looks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, they're, they're, the budget was impossible to find. There's no gross profits. There's a reason for that. Uh, it's coming right up after the synopsis because I have my notes. So, the synopsis. The synopsis for Attack, Attack of, of the, the Super Monsters. Monsters. It is the year 2000, and Earth is faced with the greatest catastrophe in the history of mankind. Millions of years after their disappearance from the planet, dinosaurs have reappeared from their underground caverns with dreadful, devastating powers and an appetite for destruction. Driven to wreak a deadly havoc on the human race by their evil emperor, Tyrannus. They embark on a lethal spree of murderous mayhem that threatens to make mankind extinct. Only the valiant members of the Gemini Command can 
save the world from this utter chaos. But can the world be saved? Can the Gemini team stop the forces of Tyrannus that threaten to enslave the entire planet? Stay tuned for the chilling conclusion of this terrifying tale from Akira Tsubirara. Horribly pronounced. The undisputed master of Japanese animation. I don't know about that part. I don't know that we could say he's the master. But, hey, moving on to notes from the future prehistoric times. Um, well, okay, so at least, <laughs> let's put it this way. In 1982, when it was released in North America, this was considered the future. But the movie takes place in the year 2000, and that happened 20 years ago. So sadly, this really isn't a futuristic movie anymore. It's kind of like, uh, what is it, uh, Back to the Future? Back to the Future 2, when they go to, what was it, 20, 2015? I know, I'm fucking horrible, right? I should know this, but I'm guessing. Um, so, to explain this whole thing, the reason why there's no trailer, why this is not, you know, it's a direct-to-video kind of movie and whatnot, it's an episodic movie. And I say this because it was based on a TV series from Japan. It's straight-to-video in North America. This is only four episodes from that TV series. The TV series was known as a show called Dinosaur War Eisenborg. And it aired from 1977 to 1978 on Tokyo 12's, uh, like Tokyo uh, Channel 12. Um, it combined uh, Subaraya's, I, I can say it sometimes and sometimes I can't, Subaraya's trademark. Okay, so the whole idea of, how to explain this? It's like you have men in rubber suits and then you have claymation and you have Japanese anime all on the screen, all at the same time. And so the show can be considered anime. It can be considered uh, what they call daikaiju, um, which is like, it, it's, a, it's a mixture of animation and men in like big suits and whatnot. Um, anyways, the show itself ran for 39 episodes, but only four episodes are considered part of this movie. Um, if you want kind of a better explanation of like what it's like, I, for those of you who collected maybe the um, the X Men um, movies or the Spider Man cartoons that came out from uh, Buena Vista uh, several years back, uh, the X Men one, for example, there was a uh, Legend of Wolverine, which was four episodes from the X Men the animated series put together to make sort of like a a. 80 minute movie so to speak uh spider-man they did it with like um there was the green goblin um what uh fuck i don't remember what it was called but something with uh, spider-man versus the green goblin there was the venom saga um spider-man versus daredevil and stuff like that and where they took like certain episodes and they tied them together to make them like a full-length film that's what they did with this so that's what this is and again it's men in rubber suits <laughs> meets cheap anime and then there's some claymation thrown in there. Um, and it doesn't take long to figure out what this is. Okay, like, you, you're not even into this movie 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And the movie opens up with, I shit you fucking not. Talking dinosaurs. And these aren't just fucking 
talking dinosaurs. These are dinosaurs that are like, kill all the humans, destroy them, burn them all. And I'm sitting here going, fuck, this Emperor Tyrannus is my fucking spirit animal. Like, he wants to kill all the human race. Now, granted, I'm not a violent person, so I'm never going to... Never going to pull off some, like, mass destruction of the human race. But you know me with my fucking human race sucks. And this guy's like, I want to kill them all. I'm like, let them do it. <laughs> you know, we, we're waiting for a meteorite to hit this fucking planet. And it ain't happening. So let a talking dinosaur take care of us. I don't know. I, I shouldn't be so so down on the human race. We're a good breed. We really are. No. Um, but you have, like... So you have talking dinosaurs, right? You have like Emperor Tyrannus. You have uh, Terok, which is like a, a talking pterodactyl. Um, and again, like the, the the idea of like the talking dinosaurs, like apparently they're telepathic. They're, they're able to learn our language. Like, how do you, you're watching this? I don't understand. And like the fucking dinosaurs, like they didn't die out. Instead, what they did, I guess when the fucking meteorite did hit the world, like, and got rid of the fucking dinosaurs, like, they migrated under Earth. What is this, Zion? What is it, fucking Matrix? Like, you know, oh, we scorched the sky, so we moved down to the fucking core of the Earth. Well, apparently the dinosaurs had the same fucking idea. And they've lived there ever since. And then not only is do you have talking dinosaurs, you have giant bats, you have red monster dogs. That the dogs, you're going to love this. So Tyrannus like possesses the dogs and he turns like beagles and fucking Dalmatians and German shepherds into these red monster dogs. It's like fucking Zool and Gozer and all them, but it's like, it's, it's fucking hilarious. Um, The giant rats. Oh my God. And then of course, like I mentioned about like the character of Anna that was voiced by, um, Robin Levinson or whatever. And, like, she plays, like, she's one of the main characters, but, like, the character of Anna, like, is a little girl in the one segment. And she's, like, chasing the rats, and she's like, I'm going to get you, you ratty rat rat. Like, seriously? Like, and stop there, you ratty rat rat. Like, that's the fucking dialogue for this fucking movie? Are you kidding me? Um, Granted, now, we all know... Japanese anime is usually better watched subtitled than dubbed because when we, for some reason, when North America dubs this shit, they dub it really stupid sometimes. This is no exception. Um, And the rats themselves, they become the glowing red slaves of the super monsters. They're bloodthirsty fiends. It's fucking hilarious. And of course, at one point, Wally, Wally's idea to destroy the, the rats is to get super cats. And feed them super cheese so they defeat and, like, they chase and defeat the rats. I'm not fucking kidding you, people. This happens in this movie. Um, super cheese, you say? <laughs> like, fuck, no wonder Rift Tracks had fun with this. Um, Tyrannus is the first super monster we're introduced to. And then Tarek comes later. And then there's Astaroth, which is, like, oh, uh, what is he, like, um, oh, fuck. He's, like, um, not a rhinoceros, but, like, um... Fuck, I can't even think of the like a a, a a triceratops or something like that. Maybe like something like that. I don't know. And they talk. They fucking talk. We will kill the world. It's like 
just last week, I was fucking talking about some guy who was walking around going, evil, call me evil. And now this week I have this. It's like, oh, my God, why do I do this to myself? Dr. Carmody. So let's explain our heroes, right? Okay, so he's created this force team, the Gemini Force. And they're to be ready at all times to protect the human race from any threat that could try to destroy us. Like, these, like, four individuals are going to save the world. What is this, the fucking Justice League? Like, and why is this, like, no matter what, like, when it's American, whether it's Japanese or whatever, it's always, like, these small little super teams that are supposed to save the world. Doctor Who is, like, the same kind of idea where Doctor Who always takes place in Great Britain. Why do... (laughs) I get it, but I don't get it. It's like, if you're supposedly going to save the world, then be in the world. Be around the fucking world. Go different places, not just, like, one spot. But anyways, I'm, like, going way off topic here. Um, So, the idea of Gemini. Gemini is supposed to be the secret weapon. It's like AI plus Zen equals Borg. And that's where they get the idea of Eisenborg. Um, And so, the whole idea is it's a brother and a sister. You have Jim Starbuck and Jem Starbuck. And they basically can join together as one. Oh, but there's a catch. You're going to love this. So anyways, there's a, there's a catch to them. They can join as one. They can fuse their minds and bodies together, but only for three and a half minutes. And it's specific. Three and a half fucking minutes. It reminded me of Ready Player One. You know, when Dido became in the form of Gundam. But it could only stay that way for two minutes before morphing back to his original state. So, yeah. So, that's the thing with Jim and Jem. Jim and Jem. Like, I, I love, like, how the names are, like, so close together, too. But that's their thing, right? It's, like, three and a half minutes. And if it's any longer, apparently, like, something can happen to their brain. I don't know. Like, it, their brain will melt and they'll be, like, completely, you know, dysfunctional or something like that. I don't know. Um And the Gemini Force, like, okay, so, like, vehicle-wise, right? Like, they have, like, these special vehicles and stuff. And they have, like, the Aizen 1 and the Aizen 2. But it's, like, a dual vehicle that's, like, one, but it can separate into, like, there's, like, a land crawler kind of thing, which looks like something out of Blade Runner. And then there's, like, a hovercraft that, like, looks very similar to the RV spaceship, like, from Spaceballs. Remember the little RV thing that, um... Lone Star and Barf are, are riding through the galaxy, and it looks like that. And then there's, like, this other, like, Aizen vehicle as well. I think it's, like, Aizen 3 or something like that. That looks like a space-age, like, you know, fighter plane. It looks like a fighter, like, almost like Starscream from, like, fucking Transformers or something. It looks something like that. Anyway, so, and then you have your team. Okay, so the, the, the idea of the team, you have Jim Starbuck. He's the captain. He's the he's the the strong one. I'm the smart one. I'm the one with the brains. I am your leader. Yeah, okay, whatever. And then you have Jem Starbuck, who she's like the female leader, like, you know, the brother and sister and thing and whatnot. And I don't know, they bicker a lot. It's kind of like the Oasis brothers. Um, I don't know, there's a lot of bickering. But then at the same time, like, I guess they work well together and they save the galaxy and all this other shit. And then you have Wally, who's like the klutzy comic relief, which, of course, the name hits home because I used to have my dog's name was Wally. And I was like, oh, and he was a klutz and he was a comic relief, too. Um, so I guess it goes with the territory. And then we have Jerry. 
And Jerry, while he's not the brightest, is apparently the science brain. He's the scientist. He's supposed to be like the the one that knows all the, the ins and outs of everything and whatnot. Um, so the thing is, is that with with Attack of the Super Monsters, like, let's be honest here, man. This this is not scary at all. Uh, clearly made for kids. It's, it's a kid's show. Um, but the thing is, is that it, it has that that monster appeal. It has that kaiju appeal, right? Like, and if you like the cheesy kaiju shit, like, you know what I mean? Like you'll find this charming. Like if you find, if you enjoy like the old Godzilla shit, right? Like we're talking the old stuff. We're not talking like the new, like Warner brothers productions that are like supposed to be like lifelike and massive and all this. No, I'm talking about like men in rubber suit shit, right? The kind of shit that Pee Wee Herman crashed in on, like in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, that kind of stuff, the 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 low budget shit, you're gonna find something very charming about this and, and hilarious. Like you laugh a lot. Like I said, the dialogue is fucking. It's fuck. It's something like ratty rat rat. Like ser- when that fucking line came up. And I'm watching this at like two in the morning, and I'm trying not to wake anyone up, and I'm fucking split in a gut because it's just like that's the best you could do <laughs> like like oh and then like there's one point where they're like they're they're trying to like freeze the rats and they call them mice cubes not ice cubes but mice cubes i i shit you not like this was the clever like writing team at their finest um i mean and again like let let this sink in just for a moment here we have talking dinosaurs can you imagine if jurassic park had incorporated speech for their fucking you know their raptors and whatnot like oscar winning material for sure am i right like come on this was so great and it was one thing oh definite plus thank god it was nice to see a kids program that didn't have stupid fart jokes I am so tired of that where, like, we seem to think that fart humor is so great for kids. There's none of that in this shit. It's just a nice mixture of live action with animation. Um, And I'm going to give you a history lesson because this is not the first time this had ever been done, obviously. I mean, we've had, you know, Roger Rabbit and, you know cool world and all that other shit and we, we've had we've seen this many times before right and spongebob squarepants and whatnot but if you really want to go way back max fleischer and walt disney were probably two of the first talents to pull this shit off i mean max fleischer had coco the clown okay coco the clown uh it was an animated clown that interacted with live action sequences and scenarios and whatnot. At one point, like Coco even had like a boxing match with a kitten and the cat was real, like live action kitten, but Coco was animated. And then there was Walt Disney. Now, Walt Disney didn't always have Disney pictures. He didn't have his monopoly of the world. Well, I mean, he doesn't have it. He's kind of dead now. But um, the idea of Disney, like Disney... Walt himself, he created, um, he created, uh, it was called Alice's Wonderland. It was a, a 10 minute short. He created it for a studio that went by the name of Laughograms. Um, I think they were out of like Missouri or something like that. And anyways, Walt, Walt Disney was working on silent films there, and he had created this Alice's Wonderland, which uh, Virginia Davis was Alice, and she basically was a human in a cartoon world, uh, very much like 
who framed Roger Rabbit and Cool World and whatnot. Um, the Laughagram studio eventually fell apart, and Walt didn't have a job. Walt was, you know, jobless. I mean, there, there was a time when Walt Disney did not rule the world, right? And so he takes this trip to Los Angeles, and he insists he's going to make, like, the character of Alice. And, and he has this whole plan for Alice's comedies. That's what he wanted to create, Alice's comedies. He wanted to make this a thing. And it ends up he finally signs up with Winkler Pictures. Um, Mary Winkler, I believe, was the head of that. And Alice Comedies is born. And it's a series. And it was 57 shorts and all. Um, ran from 1924 to 1927. It is in the public domain, but it is also... Um, I can't remember the name of the museum that picked it up, but they basically are attempting to restore all 57 short films, including Alice's Wonderland. Quite a few of these can be found on YouTube. They can be found at archive.org. Um, I've watched, I think, about three or four of them. I, I wanted to see what it was like. Um, but Max Fleischer and Walt Disney were like two of the first to ever actually incorporate live action with animation. And then you fast forward to 1982. We're now back at Attack of the Super Monsters. And it's the live-action animation craze released in North America, however, not received very well in North America. Now, in Japan, the series did great, but they had all 39 episodes, and it was well-loved. I guess Saudi Arabia is another place where it really picked up. It it was very well-loved there. Um, Italy, parts of Italy really enjoyed it. Uh, obviously like Europe, Europe is very artsy, right? So they're, they're open-minded to this kind of stuff. North America, however, we're very close-minded pricks. We really are. Um, but then again, this was our only, um, insight into this. Like it, and it was four episodes compiled into one 83 minute movie. Um, so I, I can kind of understand why it's not really respected because the other 35 episodes never were shown in North America. Now, I'm sure, obviously, what with the internet today, it's very easy to find. And I believe even at one point, if I read correctly, Cartoon Network had actually taken on the Eisenberg cartoon series and, you know, aired it and whatnot. But, I mean, it's not – it's – it's kind of the fact that we didn't get the whole thing when this was released. It's also the fact that, I mean, like, okay, like, you have a scene where a super monster is beheaded because a plane flies, like, the, the super Gemini, Eisenborg plane, whatever it is there, flies by and its wing goes across the neck of the of the super monster and his head rolls off. Uh, this is a kid's cartoon, too. Like, well, live-action cartoon, whatever. Um, Another one, so this was interesting because I was kind of like, hmm, cyberpunk much? Um, There's another um, one of the dinosaurs or the super monsters uh, gets speared with like a giant drill bit-looking machine. Like it's like sort of like a land crawler, but at the tip of it it has like a drill bit that goes right through the monster and it looks like something right out of Tetsuo the Iron Man um but not half as horrifying but i mean still though like the thing is is you know like that's it's it's pretty brutal like when you think about it i mean 
but it's laughable. It's done so laughably. It's it's done so low budget that it's you can't take it seriously. But that's the thing with these kinds of flicks is you don't go into them taking them seriously. If you're looking for fucking like Gandhi, you're wasting your time, man. That you're not gonna get that with this. Um, and I mean the dialogue. I've touched on the dialogue enough. I'm not gonna talk on it. Ratty rat rat. Just let that sink in for a while, okay? You get what I'm saying. Um, when I looked for like other receptions of this movie, there, it's really tough because there's no movie critic reviews at all. For once, that's actually a nice relief. <laughs> it was nice not to read, you know, Siskel and Ebert going, well, you know, critically, this movie doesn't have enough pizzazz. And, you know, I just wasn't invested in the character. Shut the fuck up. However, users on the internet, now, it was kind of funny because either they find this movie highly entertaining or utterly abysmal. And then there's that middle ground where it's like some of them enjoy the pain that this brings, finding humor at its own expense. Um, Like I said, Rift Tracks, they had their fun with this and they recently released, um, released it on their website, actually, and I think it's like 10 bucks to own it like for a digital download or whatever you can find a few clips of it on facebook and twitter as well imdb has this movie at a 4.9 out of 10 here's the interesting thing the two highest rate like common ratings was either 10 or 1 so you can tell you're getting that kind of a crowd right like it's either they totally love this for the the full cheese effect that it brings or they absolutely hate it because it just was not appealing to their sense of humor uh, podcast zero rating. Oh, jeez. Okay, so the movie is bizarre. It's crazy. It's low budget. And it's definitely Japanese. Uh, rubber suits, not the sexy kind. No, it's not any of that BDSM kind of cool, awesome shit. No, no, no. This is very 70s, 1970s looking. Uh, rubber suits and 1970s looking anime like it's um i don't want to say it's cheap anime but it's it's back to the days when you didn't have like we're spoiled in these days we've had ghost in the shell we've had akira we've had spirited away and and princess mononoke and you know wicked city we've had some fucking beautiful looking anime come out that this is not got this kind of anime no um campy dialogue that makes you know though even the most low budget like campy d-rated fucking horror movies the dialogue in this makes those look like they were written by edgar Allan poe like that it's bad um talking dinosaurs need i say more <laughs> uh the way i kind of wrote this like if i if i had to make like a compare a comparison or whatever it's like if you took the Thunderbird series, if you're familiar with that, that is a British series, whatnot. The Thunderbird series meeting like Speed Racer, uh, just without the high production quality of those two titles, and they were not high production quality. So you get where I'm going with this. Who the fuck am I kidding here? Critically, okay. So I did this kind of twice. Um, I kind of approached this in a different way. Um, so critically. Uh, this is a 4.5, maybe a 4. I'm leaning more to 4, to be honest. Um, but in terms of the fun that can be had with this, with the, in terms of how much laugh, uh, 
how much laughing you're going to do. And especially if you watch this with friends, like it's, it, fuck, it'd be hilarious just to tear it apart, right? Uh, give this puppy an eight. Like, so in the law of averages, if I gave it a four and I gave it an eight, if I, you know, add those two up and divide by two, yeah, the podcast rating is giving this thing a six. And yeah, I mean, I give it a six. It's really a four. <laughs> Honestly, it's really a fucking four. But I give it a six. You know what? Because it was fun. It, it was a lot of me sitting here laughing or just my jaw dropped thinking, what the fuck am I watching? Why do I put myself through this? But I finished it and man, it was something else. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually kind of curious to see the full series that was a dinosaur war eisenborg i i i kind of want to see the whole thing now but even though i'm on vacation i'm not i'm not that much on vacation okay like i'm not giving myself a full day to watch this but it was something it it was definitely something it's definitely fun goofy crazy bizarre it's Fucking batshit crazy. It's Japanese. And I say that with all the love in my heart. I love the shit the Japanese do. Man, I love Japanese anime. I love Japanese movies. I, They are some of the most creative fucking bastards on this planet. I l- love everything they do. Even when it's like bad like this, I still love it. And on that note, thank you for listening. Um... Again, this was, uh, it was a, it was fun. Um, it really interesting to research. That was kind of the cool thing. Like the research part of this was a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. Some of the, some of the watching the movie was painful. Um, because it was also done in the four episodic kind of breakdown, especially when it came to like the fighting parts, um, it, you could kind of like turn away. You didn't have to really focus on it. There was um, much like like the Spider-Man cartoon series of the 1960s, how there was like use uh, like a lot of frames were reused over and over. This kind of did that at times too, and I think that's also what kind of hurt the final production for the North American release, um, just because there's several times where it's like the, the like the Eisenberg one lifting from the. the the Gemini like headquarters and whatnot, you can tell it was the same stock footage used for all four times, and it was like, mm-hmm, all right, um, the dinosaurs fucking sell this thing. Like, like Tyrannus is just hilarious. I kill all the humans. Like, it's just, it's, it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, that's that's that. Um, let's do the locations of the podcast, the social media. I'll announce next week's episode, and then we're going to just call it quits, because I really have nothing more to say except watch it for yourself. Oh, and I will say this. It's free for streaming on YouTube, or you can download it at archive.org. It's not hard to find. The VHS is easy to find on eBay if you're interested. I don't know why I kind of am a little bit, but eh. Anyways, where to find the show? So, you want to tell your friends about this awesome show known as What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. It's your fucking favorite show in the world. You want to tell your friends, and you got to give them some some suggestions, some some pointers. Where to go? 
So to find the show, you can find it at Apple Podcasts, on Google, Spotify, CastBox, FM Player, or at its home of The Next Level Network, thenextlevelnetwork.com slash podcastzero. Uh, you can also locate the show at whatlivesbehindpodcastzero.com. Now, so you've told your friends about the show. Your friend fucking loves it. It's like, God damn, I've got to talk to that host. He is like just something full of charisma. How can I talk to this man? Well, you can email me at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero at gmail.com. Or you can go on the social media. You can be a troll if you want. I really don't care. If you, if you want to sit here and, you know, heckle me and tell me I have no dick. Hey, you know what? You're probably not wrong. I have a hard time finding it sometimes myself. More info than you need it. But anyways, you can... You can find the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatlurksbehindpodcastzero. We're on Instagram at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero. On Twitter, the home of whatlurksbehindpodcastzero and postmortem Paul. Not prehistoric Paul. That was just for this week. It's normally postmortem because I stink and full of fucking margarita, rigor mortis. Margaritas. What the fuck is margaritas? Now, that, that's a podcast waiting to happen. Like Morgaritas, because what the fuck? But anyways, you can find me on Twitter at WLBpodcast underscore zero. There's a Redbubble store. If you're interested, go on Facebook and hit the shop now button. It'll take you right there. Make it easy on yourself. Lurker's recommendation. Guess what, kids? There is none this week. I mean, unless you, unless I, you know, tell you to, you know, go out and. Try and find a VCR. Buy a VCR. Let's keep VHS alive. There's your lurker's recommendation. I had nothing this week, guys. There really was nothing. I mean, I was trying to think about it. Well, okay. Lurker's recommendation. No, I'm going to switch this up. It's coming. It's coming this week. Um, January 23rd, October Faction drops on Netflix. I am skeptical, but I'm still going to give this the benefit of the doubt. I think it'll be somewhat worthy probably talk about it on next episode as well but anyways yeah that's dropping this uh this coming thursday so there you go there's your lurkers recommendation week next episode next episode is a movie from 2000 i've done the 80s more than enough i felt i needed to change decades and whatever so i was like okay you know what let's move it up let's become more recent talk about a recent movie from 2000 and so, next episode is directed by James Wong. So that's that's pretty good, right? Written by Glenn Morgan. Okay, not horrible. Starring Devin Sawa and Ali Larder. Whoops. Yep. Final Destination, kids. Some of you like it, some of you don't. Um, you'll find out my thoughts next week. But anyway, so that's uh, that's the next episode closing track i'm gonna close out this week with a a a track that i like it was a a free download you can get it free on the internet from reverb nation um the uh the artist or the group behind the track was a a ebm duo known as foscore i really was into foscore about five six years ago i was really hard into them for a while their sound is pretty unique um I mean, it's EBM, you know, it's, it's, it's electronic, but they had like sort of like their own 
existing sound that kind of stood out and whatnot. It was like sort of like Suicide Commando, but a little bit harder and less vocals. So, uh, anyways, I figured, you know what, let's go with We Are The Weapon because I felt like it kind of fit this episode. It's got kind of a Japanese feel to it, and at the same time, like, the dinosaurs felt like they were the weapon that was going to annihilate the human race. And God, I wish they would sometimes. But anyways... Boscor, We Are The Weapon is the closing track. Thank you for listening. Next episode is Final Destination. I fucking ramble so fast sometimes. It makes myself sick. But anyways, that's that. We're done. It's out. Have fun, kids. Show's, Show's over. over. We are the weapon.